What is up, everyone, and welcome into episode 99 of the Modern Drummer Podcast with Mike and Mike. My name is Mike Johnston from MikeSlessons.com, and my co-host, who will be joining me shortly, is Mr. Mike Dawson, Managing Editor of Modern Drummer Magazine. Episode 100 is right around the corner, and that means that we have a new word of the week for you so that you can enter our contest and our Modern Drummer Mike and Mike Podcast giveaway. We'll also be talking about a bunch of exercises that you can use to build your bass from speed and technique. Our featured artist this time is Sticks' Todd Zuckerman. In our gear review section, Mike will be checking out the VK Antique Bronze Aluminum Drum Set. We'll get to a bunch your listener questions and as always we'll give you our picks of the week so let's get started probably get rid of my gum since we're recording whoops that is a that is a fantastic idea step up your game dawson <laughs> nobody Woo! wants to hear my lip smacking oh anyway. man the year of time continues yeah what's the struggles now no it's 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 great Progress. i was gonna i was gonna ask you since you've been through it uh if maybe uh maybe you'll know what i'm going through so you know, did the gap click thing for a while, yep. um, and, and doing the offbeat clicks and stuff. Yep. And I see it almost like a game. Like when I land on the one, I win the game, right? And it keeps <laughs> it keeps me going. Like so, I, I do it for a very long time because um, you know it's hit or miss. Well, yesterday I was doing an eight bar progression. So it was a bar of quarters, a bar of gap, bar of quarters, bar of gap, and then four bars of quarter note uh, triplets. Okay, I, I just lied to you. Uh, four bars of dotted eighth, dotted quarter notes. So okay. one and two and three and four and one and two okay. all the way and until it gets to four one, and then you go back to the beginning. Yep. Okay. So it was an eight bar phrase, and I was practicing all my stuff over that. And for the first time, instead of hearing that I'm off on the one or not, I was kind of nailing the one. I actually heard the notes in between as, "Oh, I just rushed that double stroke. We're going to uh-huh. come out ahead." And it was like, holy crap, it's starting to kind of get, you know, macro, yeah, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It's really, so is that part of the process that you actually hear the notes instead of just in general I'm rushing? Yeah, I mean, that, at least for me, that's what it was. It was the target practice part of it where you're just trying to land on the one and then right. all of a sudden you start hearing the details because that's really where the time starts to waver is when you rush little subdivisions here or there and you can yeah. just feel it. I can feel it now. It's become a physical thing. Which That's, yeah, never had it was before. kind of nuts because I was like, well, whatever I felt, I'm going to assume that I'm predicting it wrong and I'm going to come <laughs> in late instead of early because I thought I rushed. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, I actually know that I'm going to come out ahead. I'm going to have to pull this back. And, yeah. um, you know, it was always a guessing game. And it's really cool to feel that, like to zoom in on the time uh, and actually know that it's happening. And the, the funny thing that we'll never be able to get across to students and let, until they do it is, you just have to do it. There yeah. is no secret. It's no. the time. Yeah. It's just the time that you allow yourself to be like, fine, screw it. Nothing that I play, no chop that I grab from the Dave Weckl lexicon is ever going to sound good unless I play it in time. Mm-hmm. And once true. you commit to it, you start to it starts to actually get better. And then everything else becomes unacceptable. That's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. everything is unacceptable if I don't have control over it, <laughs> which oh. is kind of a you know you I guess you make your own bed, but. It makes right. me hate my playing a lot more because I've found that where I don't lose my perception of time anymore, my my body can lose the muscle memory. So if mm-hmm. I go a few days without like really zeroing in on it, all of a sudden I start to waver again, and I can just yeah. I can. It's like my brain is observing my body, like stop it, <laughs> get right, back yeah. on it. Yeah, no, I have had a f- like a, a few times where I feel almost like my muscles are. 
attention deficit fatigued. You know, like mm-hmm. they just kind of are saying, like, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to not control this double stroke. It's <laughs> it's somewhere between 230 seconds and 236. Like, uh, yeah, but it's yeah. not flawless. And I, I'm like, okay, but now my brain is recognizing, even though all 15 notes of my 16th note pattern were in time, my one diddle that was... 230 seconds is rushed and it's going to cause the whole thing to move, you know, forward in time. Yep. And now I'm, now I'm rushed. And so it's cool. Have you gotten to the point when, um, it's not exciting when you stay on it anymore? Oh, it's (laughs) expected. Yeah, no, I, I was doing it for the campers and like, so we were, so I'm in the middle of an advanced camp right now. And the part of being in the advanced camp is that I go through the camp kind of with them. So when we take our practice breaks, I go to a different room and I practice. And so I can't come out and I, and I show them that click. I said, it's a bar of click, bar of gap, bar of click, bar of gap, then four bars of dotted quarter notes. And I'm doing this really tricky hand pattern to it. And I landed on all of the ones and they're all clapping like I accomplished something. Yeah. But I was like, D- you got, in my mind, I was like, do you hear how bad that was? <laughs> Where three weeks ago, I would have been like, hell yes. I landed on the big beep, the big beep at the end of all eight bars. I hit it. Um, But now I know like, yeah, but I only hit it because I made fine tune adjustments because I actually can control my time a little better. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Now you're, yeah. Once you get to the point for me, when you can just start with all the subdivisions in time, you don't have to make those adjustments. That's when, when I was recording myself, it was like everything just became in focus. There was no more like... Yeah, expanding and contracting like something's weird. Like I think that right. once I could just turn it on and go, it became like automatic pilot. Sure, that's when for me the confidence level went through the roof. Like I, I know now yeah. on a gig, if someone counts a tune off, whether they count off a little fast or a little slow, it's going to stay where they count it off. Even if they look right. back and it's like this little slow, I'm like, sorry, dude, that's where you that's where you kicked it off. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you, but I'm pretty uh, mental about this, so we we cannot budge. <laughs> yeah, in case someone's recording this, they cannot hear me speed up to go into the yeah. chorus. It cannot happen. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not there yet, but it's it's been such in my mind, uh, and maybe this is a great lesson for people. I'm only less than a month into this so to me this is the beginning of practicing something new Um, yeah i mean the baby and where someone else might think like wait you stayed on the same crap for a month and it's like yeah yeah Yeah, obsessed (laughs) on it for and then and then a year and then two years and um but the the thing that you know we talk about and i'm seeing people reference it in the online world and stuff is this year of time it's it'll be that for me. I'll remember like, yeah, I, I turned 40 and then I was really not happy with my timing and I concentrated on it really hard. And then at some point what happens is other people like they do for you now, other people point it out to you and they say, man, your time is flawless. And you're like, really? Like I'm the guy that struggled with time. And yeah, then, right. Yeah. And then, you know, someone asks you, well, do you practice it? And that's when you say, yeah, I guess, you know, I actually have been obsessing on it for four years. I'm glad you can hear it because. Yeah. Yeah, I'm don't, still don't comment apart. on my fills because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Stopped in college. I got five of them and I can crush all five. But you know, but um, I think I feel like I'm at a point now where I can finally get back into that more drum stuff because I can control right. it. I mean, I'm not just going to flub yeah. it. And and even now, like today, I went down and sat down with the kid. Like, Let me just free form, and I got like ten seconds. And I'm like, nah, not no, this ain't happening. I'm really? not there yet. All the all my vocabulary needs to be relearned. All of it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the torture so you, continues. It does. It never ends. Did you uh, see that email we got from Daniel uh, Hinderaker? Hinderaker. Was he, it the updated list or what was it? No, he did a. Um, 
he was listening to the show and he sent over his exercise where he oh, created yeah, the, yeah. I'm sorry, the timing exercise. Yeah, the halftime shuffle where he's flipping the click around. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is I mean, I heard that, I'm like, dude, that's way beyond what I could do right now for sure. It's pretty impressive. So I wanted to drop it in if that's cool. It's like a Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh let's give the audio a listen. Yeah, kind of, kind of put me to shame with that one. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I had trouble paying attention to the actual pattern because the kick drum sounded so good. It was oh, yeah, I know. Ah, Sweet. Cool what is he? he didn't tell us what he's using. So what he's doing is he's he's working on bass drum independence. So he's moving the kick drum from quarter notes to the second note of the triplet to the third yeah. note of the triplet. But then in bar 11, he plays an 11-8 measure. So then the click flips to the other subdivisions each time it cycles. Super tricky. He's kind of tackling three or four things at once there. I love. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's like combining Chafee's book with Garibaldi's permutation study. Oh yeah, so, right. Because he just kind of, but it, he does it. Takes him a while to get there, but once he gets to the eleventh bar, then he flips it, and then it's like, well, let's hear what it would sound like here. Yeah. It's a cool, cool idea for sure. Um, and I love that he took the time to send it to us. And I also love that in the email he said, you know. Well, first, dude, he's 25. I know. That's unfair. <laughs> um, but I love that he said, like, hey, I'm working on this. I can't wait to see what you guys do with it. You know, and it's yeah. like, that's that's what the drumming community should be. Like, this exists. Now, like, okay, go do something with this, you know? Um, I think it's I think it's really cool. Um, I think what I'm going to do with it playing. is learn how to play it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That is the first step. That's the given. We have to learn it. Um, but, but, I mean, these things like this... This is, I think, the key to practice when you're when you're not inspired. When you're inspired, you just go practice. You don't have to think of like, what should I do today? When you're not inspired, things like this are like it's like a game. It's a puzzle that you have to solve. It's it's yeah. And when you finally do it, you achieve it. and You go on to the next level, and it and it keeps you going. Because one thing that you wouldn't realize, let's say that you were practicing this, um, and I don't know, let's say it took you an hour. To get it down, to really get it down. When was the last time you spent an hour working on your shuffle feel? Like you yeah. wouldn't know that the whole time you were trying to solve this problem, you were actually just working on your shuffle. Right, right. Because yeah. you're, you're so busy in your mind. Now, I'm, I'm going to take that back. 
you probably have spent an hour working on your shuffle recently. <laughs> Let's no. say the average drummer, okay? But I, I don't think you would realize that your hand the whole time was going, while you're trying to solve this puzzle. So it might push you physically further in the practice than you could go if I just said, hey, Mike, go work on you know bass drum permutations against the shuffle. Maybe you solve that problem in two minutes. You're like, cool, got it, next. And you leave it. But with this, you have to stay there. And I noticed that when I started working on those singles between hand and kick, what I would consider to be the Vinny singles, all the fusion drummers can do it. Mm -hmm. But Vinny did it on the Buddy Rich Memorial Scholarship Concert, and I was like, okay, i (laughs) got to learn that. When I started doing that, I couldn't couldn't pay attention long enough to actually get the skill down until – I made the left hand have to solve problems like a grid or claves oh, okay. or different things. And once the left hand became the problem that I had to solve, then I would go digga 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 for hours trying to solve the left hand against it. Interesting. So because you're it, playing it mind wasn't games boring. with yourself. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've got issues, bro. <laughs> I got issues. Is it Mike or Michael that can do it? And which yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm like, all right, go get Michael. He's ready to practice. Mike is just screwing around again. So um, awesome. Well, I, I think uh, I, I, I'm excited to keep you guys, the listeners at home, posted about my uh, travels through time. And, and I think uh, it's great, Mike, that I'm actually going through something right now that you've already put yourself through so we can relate on that level and yeah. um you know yeah super and, exciting i mean i think that's going to be it's going to take it you're going to you're going to hear it in your plan yeah. everywhere it's going to be wow i just you know you don't hear I, any little things you're like cringe anymore it's just all going to be there you're like all right even though i didn't maybe i didn't really like that phrase it's still in time <laughs> that's all right. that matters yeah, yeah, for yeah, me yeah. do you know uh rich stitzel yeah he's great yeah, so he just wrote me a letter. Um, I mean, I don't know him. Um, he just wrote me a letter. Uh, hey, just want to send you a quick note. Say I've noticed a huge transformation in your playing over the past six months. I know you're a total killer, but something has matured recently that is very apparent. Your comfort and ease on the instrument is growing more. Blah blah. blah. I mean, I don't know this guy, and it was, and I totally respect his playing. He's a monster. Yeah. He's got and a great book like, out. It's called Drum Mantras or something like that. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I just that. I just know him because he's got a dope collection of Craviatos, or he maybe just has one, but he just sets it up different every time. And I'm just I'm a fan of his gear, but he's a killer player, and I've seen him do some polyrhythmic stuff that I thought, wow, that was really incredibly musical. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean that's that's I guess the goal of this is that someone else out of the blue, without you asking, hey, what do you think about my drumming? <laughs> like, just <laughs> takes the time to write you a letter and just say, hey. Yep. We don't know each other, but I'm hearing it. And it's like, oh, okay. Now, you know what? Is there anything more inspiring to practice than someone telling you they hear it in your practice? Because then you're yeah, like, cool, yeah. it's worthwhile. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you don't want to go to the gym every day for a year and then have somebody go like, ah, oh, letting it go. And you're like, letting it go? I've been going to the gym every day. And they're like, screw it. I'm not going to the gym anymore. But if they say, hey, looking a little tight, Dawson, and you're like, all right, I'm going back to the, get my... Iron Man pull-up bar out. <laughs> oh, man. I made that mistake with a good friend of mine. He was like, I've been going to the gym. Oh, like, no. oh, yeah, I can't tell. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I was like, don't oh. be a jerk. <laughs> oh, my New Jersey. What, what do you mean you can't tell? You got to say, Jim, hell, I thought you got liposuction. You look good, kid. Oh, that's awesome. Like, sometimes my honesty gets the best of me. Uh, well, let's uh, talk about something that we all, I think at some point in our lives – as we're coming up, we think there's a secret to this. So this is another honesty trait. There is no secret. And we're talking about 
building bass drum technique and exercises that you can use for building bass drum technique, it's it's a funny thing because I think that we all look for shortcuts. Oh, Weckl's playing in wrestling shoes. Let me go get some Asics. Right. Oh, uh, Jojo Mayer's heel toe. That's got to be the secret. And it's like, still at the end of the day, the secret is put in the work. Your your body will figure it out. But there's st- but the thing is, you can't put in the work unless you have exercises. So let's talk about yep. some exercises that we both used to build up our individual speed. Um, when did this start happening for you? Was it when you were a kid or later in school or was there a band that triggered it you know it was probably primus when i heard heard herb doing all those triplets with the double bass i'm like all yeah. right I, I definitely can't do that i gotta figure yep. out what he's doing there because i never had a desire to just play like blasting 30 second notes but when i heard him mm-hmm. doing cool phrases with it i'm like okay i've got to figure that out and a led zeppelin of course with good sure. times bad Bomb. times like, yeah. or, i've got to figure that out and being from the Baltimore area, Dennis Chambers, the dude's right foot is just out of control. So right. that's kind of a badge of honor for everyone from that area. Can you do yeah. the, the bass drum? So that was early on, but I kind of struggled with f- balancing bass drum independence versus just straight up technique building. Mm. Like, which one should I do more? Because I, I think that's what I'm kind of dealing with with some students now is it's like they don't they don't have either developed to at a point where I could like combine them. You know, you so take advantage of the skill set. Yeah, so it's like, what do I? How do I just just make your foot faster and stronger without causing right. independence issues that you can't quite tackle yet? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, I went through real. I took stick control and just played it with my feet every day okay. for like a half hour. Okay, did a lot of that. I worked through the encyclopedia of double bass. It um, never really had a desire to play double bass, but I just wanted my feet to be as as independent and smooth as my hands so sure i did that a lot um but i'm still kind of searching for like what is the most efficient way to just develop straight up technique which is i'm hoping you have some <laughs> suggestions for that well if you head over to mikeslessons.com <laughs> you'll find the bass drum course um so yeah so i think that there's one part of it to me is i do think you have to zero in on one of the techniques as far as what is your primary technique going to be? Heel up, heel down. Yeah. Um, I'm not too worried about the next step of technique, which would be the details. Like, uh, is it heel toe? Is it skip? Is it slide? That kind of, to me, that works itself out the more you practice. Um, I really can't, I mean, I, and I don't know Dave Weckl personally, but I, I don't know if somebody said, hit one note with your foot to the left side of the pedal, then swivel to the right side of the pedal for the next note. Mm. I can yeah. imagine just he's a 14-year-old kid ripping, and then he looks down and his foot's swiveling. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess my foot does that. But what I think would have been a decision for him is, are you practicing heel up or practicing heel down? Because it's a very different group of muscles. So I don't think there's anything wrong with learning both. But I will say this. Mark Giuliano, add that to the list, plays <laughs> heel down as fast as I can play heel up. Yeah. I can play as quiet heel up as he plays heel down. Yeah. I can play heel up quarter notes at, you know, 220 feathering in jazz and you wouldn't even know that it's happening because I've practiced so much. So practice can solve almost anything that somebody says, no, if you want to play quiet, you got to play heel down. It's like, no, it's just easier for that. So you have to kind of figure it out. And I think, um, but I do feel like there's a bit of a volume cap to heel down. Yeah, um, yeah. There's it, a few it, guys like John Robinson can really get a punchy sound, but there's not many people I've, I've heard. Yeah, and I think it just take. I mean, it, it's just using so much more effort than. So if you're if you want to be 
pop rock fusion i think heel up lends itself to it a little bit better just because you have the weight of your leg behind you and you don't have to try so hard if you're going to be primarily playing extremely quiet things then heel down is a great way to go they're both totally valid so i would pick one of those then after that it comes down to speed and control both of those are important uh Mm. so my bass drum courses that i did are literally just my exercises from being a kid so i focused on doubles at first because i felt like i could hit a note and go boom I'm like all right i got that out of the way now boom boom and i couldn't do that i went boom boom boom, uh, yeah. or boom 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 um you know and it wasn't that i was trying i wasn't trying to do the samba thing i just couldn't stop it from doing that so um my exercise for myself that built up my double strokes with my hands and my feet was Right, right, kick, kick eight times. Left, left, kick, kick eight times. Right, left, kick, kick so that I could hear, do my doubles with each hand sound as clean as right, left? Mm. You know, because right. it might be kind of like baby bouncies on my double strokes. And then when I get to right, left, it's like, I'm like, oh, man, they should have all sounded like that. Mm. Um, and then uh, so that gives me um, if we're feeling it as 16th notes, that gives me, what, six bars now? And then for the last two bars, it's both hands in unison, together, together, kick, kick. And I'm listening for flams between maybe floor tom and snare drum. But you're doing the um, same thing. You're playing mind games with yourself, so you forget that you're working on bass drum technique. Oh, yeah. And I could do it for hours, and I would never even know about my foot. So it was, you know, right, left, right, left, and then together. So that's twos. Then I realized, well, sometimes I finish a fill as right, left, kick, kick, and then I got to hit the crash, and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I go, come on. And I'm like, I feel like I'm trying to pull a lawnmower. I'm like, come on, just start. And so then I started working on threes. Threes for me is a right-hand lead paradiddle, right, left, right, right, looped. Right, left, right, 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 left, right, 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 left, right, 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 left, right, right. And then my bass drum follows the right hand. And then mind games with that is once I get that going, left hand becomes the freedom limb. So against that. Uh, fours, I call it uh, fours for days. And so it's uh, four sixteenth notes, eighth note rest. And then I have Feel the Burn, which is constant 16th. So that gives me all of that. Then it comes down to control. You know, maybe a nice right left kick kick fill around the kit at 72 BPM. And you realize that all you can do is go, like, uh oh, I can only do fast doubles now. So you have to learn that again. Um, so that's kind of where it starts for me. Um, and then it's going through that whole course a few more times at, you know, pianissimo. And yeah. can you really feather this thing out? Um, now, now, which of those exercises would you give to someone who has minimal independence? All, all of them, the, especially the first one. The first one for sure, because there's no left foot involved. It's just right, right, kick, kick, right, right, kick, kick. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and if you do it like I do it with my students, I'm always saying, give me your favorite band. And then we put on their favorite band. And even if it's Green Day, it's like, okay, well, then I guess we're doing it as eighth notes to their up-tempo thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I always find a song, and we just sit there. Dun, 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 dun. And I also have them do the limbs on different drums 
so that I can kind of hear right. So right is on floor tom. And then left is on snare. Then So that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, the mind games is what keeps them going for a long time. So let's say that you had an intermediate drummer as a student. You give them right, left, kick, kick. And then you go through stick control. And whatever stick control says, that's the limb that they accent. So if you had right, left, left, right, left, left, right, it'd be or sorry, right, left, left. Yeah. And they play stick control, but out of right, left, kick, kick, they accent the right or the left inside of those four notes. Does that make Wait sense? Wait a minute. Stick control or syncopation? I'm confused. No, stick control. So you just take all... Uh, if you had uh, right, left, left, left in stick yeah. control, okay. right? you take right, left, kick, kick, and you would go right, left, kick, kick, right, left, kick, kick, right, left, kick, kick, uh, right, okay. left, kick, kick. Gotcha. So you read stick control and you're accenting out of the two notes, right and left, you accent whichever one is written. Uh, okay. So that just so it's like the four hands. notes. Yeah. Yeah. Four notes per letter on the page. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, those mind games are what keep people practicing for hours rather than minutes. Take it. Well, that was uh, a good lesson for me. Thank you. (laughs) There you go. Boom. Checks in the mail. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about Todd Zuckerman from Sticks. Everyone got a fast foot? Great. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, you know, also make sure that your whatever you're practicing make sure that it's based off of your desires uh if you're a steve jordan fan and you just love pocket and groove then you know maybe your bass drum doesn't have to be that fast maybe it's more about the touch and the yeah and the placement you know placement's a tough thing too like you said i mean if you don't have the independence you can't do a lot of these exercises yeah exactly Um, so it all goes together um but you know speed without accuracy or without touch it's just speed (laughs) It's just, (laughs) you know, and then, uh, you know, if you're really into fast metal, it's like that I'm with you. I'm you're going to have to train like an athlete. That stuff's not easy. It's a very hard thing to do. Um, So, uh, well, in reality, let's talk about somebody that has incredible bass drum technique. And it's my favorite quote ever from a clinic when someone asked Todd Zuckerman about his bass drum technique and he put his cowboy boot up on the snare drum and he said, (laughs) (laughs) technique. I'm wearing cowboy boots, man. (laughs) And then I was like, yes. He's like, man, hit the pedal. Next question. (laughs) But he did it with a smile and everyone laughed. Uh, Todd Zuckerman is a fantastic player. Uh, He is one of my favorite drummers. And when we think about the world of Tony Williams and Elvin Jones, Todd was my my gateway to that information. I could not oh, understand okay. it from Tony and I couldn't understand it from Elvin. Also, I don't have lessons from them to watch. Yeah. But when Todd's methods and mechanics came out, that's when it all clicked. And I went, oh, okay. Now I have a rock guy that I can relate to that's playing mm-hmm. at the volume that I'm used to on the drums that I'm used to and he's playing these Elvinisms and these Tonyisms and I finally get it. So when people say, Man, you got that bludged up from Tony or from Vinny. I'm like, I got it from I got it from Todd. He's the one that broke it down for me. You know? Oh yeah. I guess um, he was the first one that kind of uh, codified the sticking in, in totally. video format that I can remember. I, I no one broke that. That was always the mystery. Like if you had the Dennis Chambers video, he would show you the goods. Yeah. But it was like, no, I need the glue that held the goods together. What was that? <laughs> and he's like, oh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> 
Uh, I was yeah. like, oh, that's the part that I want. I don't care about the cool thing. I want the little glue that held it all together. That's one uh, of my favorite parts of, of Dennis's serious moves video where it's like, let me see if I can slow that down. And he just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's like the double bass crossover symbol yeah. thing. He's like, yeah. And when he got done, he kind of gives that smirk to the camera like, nah, I can't yeah. do that slow. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Well, that's, I mean, I, I remember feeling man I, I don't even know how to explain the feeling i felt when i saw methods and mechanics one if you guys don't own that dvd and part two of course but if you don't own the first methods and mechanics dvd please do yourself a favor and get it it's just to me in dvd form it is like syncopation stick control it, you just need to have it it's it's amazing yeah. and his playing is beautiful in all of the um, performance sections and and i love the quick tip sections like it's it just kind of like mm-hmm. cool thanks for telling me some of the things that usually i you have to play 20 years to find out he just kind of cuts the line for you so i love that stuff but like you said when i saw that i i remember thinking to myself wow this is kind of what we've been waiting for like teachers usually can't play that well and the monster players usually can't explain things on camera and now i've got this guy sitting in front of me that it's like man this is this is the future of education somebody can really play their ass off and you know, can really speak to a camera and teach. And, that's, um, I think for me, that's the thing of he can really convey to the camera the, you know, with a, with a certain relaxed, but yet very clear. He's, he's got a, he's got an intensity and a great sense of humor. It kind of all wraps up into this great on camera persona that, right. You know, I don't get it from some of, you know, some of the other uh, drum instructions that might be covering similar mm-hmm. topics, but you can just, I just feel like they're not used to having to talk to a lens. Of course. And they're not. Yeah. And so they shouldn't be, you know, I mean, I think we devalue speaking to a camera as like either you have it or you don't. It's like, well, you don't treat your drumming like that. So why would you treat th- this is a skill like anything else? I mean, until you practice it, you're not going to be good at it. So by, by the way, I just did a I was doing a video demo of some of an audio interface that I'm reviewing next okay. month. And I decided to add a voice intro, like uh-huh. explaining what I'm doing, because I'm, I'm demoing an audio interface, so it's like microphones into the back of this thing that I'm playing drums, big deal. So I had to kind of talk about what I was doing. Right. It took me 25 <laughs> minutes to do one minute of, of yeah. FaceTime. I mean, <laughs> 10 times longer than it took to do the playing demo, <laughs> easily. At one point, I'm sure, I hopefully I, I deleted the file. I'm cussing at myself. It's like, man... <laughs> Because I just start hearing like all the weird stutters. It's, it's like, just like you're drumming. You finally, you know, it's like, why do I, why do I, t- t- do I always, t- t- do I do that all the time? And you're like, you get in your head, man. You know, and uh, I, I, every time I go to like mysymbol.com or uh, Sweetwater and I do a batch of videos for them, they're like, well, that was easy. And I'm like, well, what have you been dealing with? And they're like, we, we don't want to talk about it. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You bring in artists, of course. Yeah. How would they be able to do this? Anyways, I think Todd <laughs> has that thing on camera where, like you said, he's, he's – I don't know how to explain it. He's got this confidence, but he's self-deprecating enough that I don't feel like he's cocky or full of himself. And I, and I, I think the most important thing when you're teaching at the level that Todd is teaching at in those videos, he doesn't talk down to you. Yeah, He doesn't true. assume you already know it. He doesn't use vernacular that skips over steps where it's like, wait a minute, I, I don't even know where we're starting, so I definitely can't follow you from here on out. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, I felt a real connection with that DVD, and I just instantly was like, okay, that's that's now one of my guys. When I talk about my favorite drummers, Todd's one of them. And I've had the chance to meet him a few times. He actually just reached out uh, last week. Um, he was coming through 
somewhere close to Sacramento, the Concord Pavilion with Sticks, and uh, it's about maybe an hour drive. And it was really cool. He was like, hey, man, I'm coming close to NorCal or to where you live. Uh, if you want to come out, I'd love to see you hang and uh, put you on the list and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, wait a minute. So you looked at your itinerary and then yeah. that was nice. And be like, yeah. who lives in Northern California? Let me reach out to them and take the time out of my day to email them. So he's a, he's a good guy. One thing I want to talk about real quick, though, is can we talk about the snare collection? Because yeah. he's got like 40 of those Stanbridge snares keeps, that are like... Yeah, it keeps building, oh. too. Every photo, it's like in the background. By the way, here's all my top-notch handcrafted snare drums that <laughs> I've been Dude. adding to. It's pretty insane. I mean, I'm it's, not one to talk because I'm obsessed with buying snare drums as well, but he's got me beat for the the boutiqueiness yeah. of what he's got there. It's crazy because when, when you go to his website, you guys can just go to toddsuckerman.com. <clears throat> it's H T O D D S. U C H E R M A N dot com, but there's a thing in it at the at his um in his menu it says snare gallery, and when you go to it, a drop down <laughs> menu comes up and it says snare gallery two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, and I'm like, oh, does he only have one picture of each? No, on each gallery there's like 15 shots of <laughs> snare drums, and uh, actually this is a great time to ask because I've never known how to say this. How do you say is it a yacht or a yodi? A yacht, a yacht. Okay, yeah. You know, I, I still freak out when I see those wood hoops with the pinstripe through them, and it's yeah, like gorgeous. Oh, yep. Yeah, and the claws that. Uh, uh, but he's got ayats in there. He's got all those Stanbridge snare drums, old vintage Ludwig's. I mean, you could just <laughs> even if he wasn't one of the best players in the world, you could just look at his snares yeah. and stay on his website for an hour, man. Well, um, pretty much every time I get a new super cool snare into review, I you can guarantee that it's going to end up in Todd's hands. <laughs> really. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, so we posted because he's on the cover of the the issues that's just out now, the uh, August issue. So if you go to moderndrummer dot com and click on his feature link, there's a there's a shot from him behind his kit where it's facing his wall of of amazingness. <laughs> there's like four kits stacked up in front of him, probably about oh. thirty or forty snare drums, and by the way, his gorgeous amazing pearl kit that he's playing <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean what kind of wood is that is that called like jesus wood what, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible i mean his his drum room is is the dream drum room for sure yeah uh, it's definitely I, a, a playpen for sure it's awesome he's got a buyer up there i can see it in the top right of the photo he's got the white uh, 15 inch buyer snare yeah 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 oh. good collection todd you're not a bad yeah, drummer too but you know nice it's all right it's all right <laughs> Oh, he! I mean, he's so clean. That's one thing that I really love about Todd's <clears throat> playing is he's so incredibly clean, and yeah. every note had to have been practiced. I don't think in the moment he's just like, "Oh, that surprised me." Like it's, <laughs> it's just flawless, but it doesn't sound stale, and that's a tough balance, man. Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you practice that hard, but yet when the moment comes, you still sound like it's naturally flowing out of you? He's kind um, of my favorite of of that kind of. Well, how would you categorize him? Just amazing musician but he's yeah. got the the intensity of of he still kind of plays like childlike and also with like a bit of an edge that you don't hear when guys get to a certain level of professionalism sometimes everything kind of smooths totally. out and gets super slick but i feel like he's at times he's trying to break stuff and i like that like he's going i feel like i feel like shannon forrest could call him and say dude i've got the flu i can't do this you know this session can you do it and todd would kill it and then i feel like the next day thomas lang could be like i, I can't do this clinic can you come and blaze for an hour and todd would be like yeah 
No problem. Yeah. Like, and I think and, if the police got back together and, and Stuart wasn't oh, available, God. he'd go out and just rip oh, it. And, he'd and, kill it. <laughs> he would kill it. He'd be uh, rushing just like Stuart does. I mean, he'd yeah. do it all the right way. But he would do it on purpose. Like, yeah. he would know it, like, <laughs> now I'm going to crank it up to BPM. Like, he would just, it would be flawless. Ugh. It, uh, yeah. So, like I said, check out uh, Method and Mechanics Part 1 and Part 2. Check them out on the August cover story. So, he's on the current, on the cover of the current issue of Modern Drummer. Yep. There's a ton of great information in there. And uh, you guys have some special video clips from him on your website, right? Yeah, again, being the generous uh, man that he is, he recorded a video of himself playing through an entire track off the new Sticks record called, uh, the track is called The Red Storm, I believe. Let me just mm-hmm. scroll down. Yep. So he plays through the whole track uh, with a few different camera angles. It looks amazing. But then he did a second clip where he breaks down and actually demonstrates the stuff that we transcribed in the magazine, which we've not had anyone do that yet actually take the notes that we print and then the original guy shows us how to play them that's wow it's pretty exclusive so that's live on moderndrummer.com right now um, it's amazing there's one fill that we transcribed that's just insane it's one two three four it's like a five and a half bar fill that he he kind of improvised in the studio so he had to relearn it for the video and he just nails it i mean it's insane it's an insane fill I love it. I love too that like the like I would say yeah, ninety eight percent of the of the notes are accented. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's like it's perfect. Cause I mean I could see him being like, No, 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 these aren't just notes, man. I meant every single tom, <laughs> yep. every hit. Uh it's so cool. And yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, so the and the main beat for that track, Red Storm, is is really slick. It it's in five, but he's playing kind of a overriding pattern on the cymbal. And then his left foot is doing alternating splashes and closed notes that goes over the bar line. So you got so that implied quarter note pulse happening. Yeah, it's like there's this multiple layers of implied time in five, but it feels supernatural. And it's one of those things where you, you hear, like, I think that I could do that. That sounds easy. But, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to do it because Todd already <laughs> did it. Otherwise, I would. <laughs> well, check it out, and like I said, if you know if you run into him at Nam or, or see him at a stick show, just know he's he's one of the good guys in our industry, and uh, just a monster player, and, and one of our modern drum heroes that we can look up to and feel good about it. So, check it out. All right, now let's get into some gear review. This kit is quite original from the looks of it. Talking about the VK Antique Bronze Aluminum Drum Set. So you're going to have to break it down for me. When you look at it, it looks bronze. Yeah. But the description says bronze aluminum, so yes. break it down. It is a bronze, antique bronze finish, but it's those shells gotcha. are aluminum. So they treated okay. the shells with a, a bronze coloring and like, kind of texturized them so they, it looks you know, not smooth like, like a aluminum would. But it's an aluminum shell. I got it. Okay. And it are, comes and with are they uh, light? Their own. They were. They were incredibly light. That was, yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that they, they look cool and they sounded great, it was really easy to lug them around. Even with the metal hoops, it was, it was almost like nothing. So that wow. was really nice. You know, you show your age when you start <laughs> rating the quality of a drum set by the weight of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, man, this with my uh, DW flat bass stand, <laughs> we're good to go. I'm good to go. Um, so sizes, it looks like what, you got a four-piece kit here, matching snare. Yep. Uh, what it are the was, sizes? It was an 8x12 rack tom, 14x16 floor tom, 14x22-inch bass drum, and the snare was a 65 x 14x14x22, that's your wheelhouse. Yep, that's the drum, and that thing was thumping. I mean, we yeah. didn't uh, 
I didn't write the review. Dave CR wrote the review, but he's local, so I got to take the kit after he was done with it and, and record the demo. And he and I both agreed that that bass drum just don't put anything inside of it. It just sounds awesome. Let it go. Leave it as it is. It's its own thing. It's 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 not like crazy thundery John Bonham. It's got like a it's got a fat. It's got that open sound, but it's got some like fat clarity that you know yeah. just was like just don't don't put anything in there. It's fine. The microphone will deal with it. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the the you know the the review before we listen to it, but obviously I, I already heard it. And the one thing that I love about this kit is if you're going to get an aluminum kit, why does everybody want their kits to sound like a maple kit? But they keep buying things that aren't maple kits. If <laughs> right. I have an aluminum kit, I don't want it to sound like my maple kit. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing I like about it is this had its own characteristic. I could honestly hear, especially if you guys you know don't just listen through your phone, but if you're listening through headphones, you can hear that it's a metal drum set. Yeah, exactly. uh, there's some sort of overtone that doesn't happen in wood drums, and it was kind of like, cool. I, I I could see getting this because it's like, well, no, I'm getting this because I already have my maple kit. I yeah. got that covered. Now I need something totally different, and got this is bite. its own thing. Yeah, yeah. it's not really like, cool. It's not loud as you would expect from a metal kit. I think that's kind of a, a a misleading assumption that a metal kit would be loud, but it's definitely got some bite and it's got some bark yeah. to it that you can't get from a, a maple kit. Well, yeah, and if you think about uh, Ludwig Acrylite, it's not an overly loud drum. It's right. just very yeah. sensitive. It's got a great mix between maple and uh, brass. It's somewhere in between. It's kind of a deader uh, sound, and it's a light drum. So um, so it, you've got 14 by 22 kick, uh, 12, and then did you say 14 on the floor or 16 on the floor? It's a it's a 16-inch drum, but it's 14 inches deep. Okay, and then it looks like he makes his own lugs. Everything. Uh, they're like everything black on this thing. Coated. Yeah, everything oh, I believe really? was aluminum. That's why it's so light. Like even wow. the I, I could be wrong. I have to double check that. But I know he's making everything. Everything on it. He he machines himself. This is Alan Van Cleef out of the UK. He's, he's from he's Sheffield, a, which is yeah. the birthplace of stainless steel. I've learned since I've checked out these drums. So and a, uh, not the easiest accent to understand at Nam. Uh, <laughs> Sheffield Sheffield guys go deep, man. I have a couple friends from Sheffield, and I'm always going like, I'm sorry, what was that again? But this guy well, is one of the. We were just talking about Todd being one of the good guys in the industry. If you've ever met um, Mr. Van Cleef, then you know like he's just one of the good guys. You see him at Nam, he's smiling, or at the London Drum Show, shaking yeah. your hand, you know, grasping both hands. He's just a good dude, and he's so proud of his drums. Yeah, and he should yeah. be. These are works of art, man. So yeah, he had well, this kid at Nam, and he. <laughs> He's like, I want you to review this. I'm like, what is it? And he said what it was. I'm like, um, what is it? <laughs> it's aluminum. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What is yeah. aluminum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean aluminum? <laughs> but don't leave it in your garage. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm so lost. Ah, uh, poor Americans. We didn't invent the language they did. They're always right. We are wrong. Yep. I will admit that freely. Well, let's <laughs> give this kid a listen. something about black dot heads on metal drums that it just works i can never get them to work on any other type of drum but a metal shell it's like perfect head don't put anything else on it kill oh man that that bass drum you know the as soon as you hit the bass drum the thing that i thought was i thought of actually you and people that are in your line of work of like a lot of session work 
getting called all the time. And one thing maybe people don't understand is a lot of session players don't just collect drum sets. They may have just 10 bass drums. And it's like, I always use these toms. I I have these four snares, but I'm always swapping out bass drums because you're in the studio. Nobody can see that your kit doesn't match. And that bass drum right there is something where it's like, I I, I would call him and say, I'm going to need a 14 by 22 aluminum bass drum. And I just have it. And when my kick just isn't working, they go, do you have anything else? I'd be like, do I? (laughs) Do I? (laughs) I have an antique bronze aluminum Van Cleef bass drum from Sheffield. And they're like, it's okay, one of the, well, just hit it. It's one of those drums that you have. It's like the producer artist has to be willing to acknowledge that nothing else is going to be taken up the low end. <laughs> like the bass <laughs> yeah. drum is the featured artist in the low yes. end. The bass has to be mid rangey. No, yeah. no synth pad. Just let this thing breathe. I could see. I could. See, I could totally see Keith Carlock digging on this kick. Yeah, totally. He would love it, man. I, I got to say, I was really surprised at how, and it's it has to be the aluminum because you have. Um, single ply heads, even though they have the CS dot, they're still single ply heads and they're clear. I can't believe how dry those toms were. Yep. for being metal drums. Yeah, so no this mu- is no muffling at all. I didn't even fine tune them really. I just kind of got them to whatever mid tuning would be, and yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's it's cool to be talking about their drum set instead of. I mean, because you're also <laughs> playing a, a really expensive snare drum <laughs> that goes with the kit, and we're kind of <laughs> skipping over like what they do best. But this drum set sounds fantastic, so I'm, I'm yeah. excited that they've c- kind of brought this in. Um, I was looking around, and I think I mean this is not a this is a handmade custom drum set where every single ounce of it is custom. I think you're probably looking at about three to thirty five hundred if you find this anywhere. Um, I have no idea what it would be if you ordered it through them specifically. Um, so this is a pro level kit, but I mean you know if you got a if you got those same exact sizes in DW or you know Thomas yeah, Starr, it's going to be that same price. So yeah. it's you know it's right in the ballpark. I um, think this kit uh, went to Vic's Drum Shop. I don't know if it's still available, but I think that's where it went. That's where sold. I found it. Yeah, okay. I found it. I think it was thirty four ninety nine at Vic's. Um, so so that's this actual kit. Yeah, that's it. It went straight from here. So to there. you're telling me people could pl- could own a drum set that Mike Dawson has played <laughs> that I've ruined? <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Oh. Just like me signing the heads at the uh, Guitar Center Studios, and they're like, "Could you please stop doing that every time you come in here? You're devaluing our gear." I'm like, "Oh, sorry." That's you did guys. you did you see the billboard of Black Sabbath is selling all of his old classic gear on Reverb.com? No. Yeah, I mean everything. Really? Signed drumsticks. He's got a full set of cymbals. I mean, the prices wow. are, are are astronomical for most of it, but it's still pretty cool. I mean, he kept yeah. his cymbal set from from the Black Sabbath days, and they're wow. available for. You know, that's quite a few thousands of dollars, but they're, they're available. I could, you know what though? When it comes, there's drummer fans, and then there's there's band fans. Band yeah. fans lose their mind, you know. Yeah, and that's the, that's uh, museum stuff. You know, he's got totally. his old his old heads and his old his the symbols. I mean, that's stuff that could be in a rock and roll hall of fame. Probably. I was just to say, yeah, it's rock and roll hall of fame stuff. So, yeah. very cool. Well, definitely check it out. Uh, VK Antique Bronze Aluminum Drum Set. Uh, like Mike said, you could probably find it at Vic's Drum Shop, or you could just go to VK's website and see all of their amazing stuff and be prepared to drool because their snare drums are no joke. All right, it's time to get to your listener questions. All what right, do we got? This is the final. Oh, we haven't even talked about the contest. So this is episode 99. Ooh, <laughs> so boy. next week we are actually giving away uh, four different prize packages. So we have to make sure uh, everyone gets their entries in. We'll have a word of the week that you email to mdinfo at com at some point between now and the next 
10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and so we're giving away a Modern Drummer Solid Maple Snare Drum. That's one package plus subscriptions to Modern Drummer and MikeLessons.com. We're giving away an Aquarian set of super pads uh, as well as uh, subscriptions to Modern Drummer and MikeLessons.com. And then we've got two more. Vader has got a, you know, three three bricks of sticks plus stick bag and a stick holder and splash sticks and all kinds of cool stuff as well as subscriptions. And then Dream jumped on board, so they're going to let one winner choose any symbol they like from their entire catalog is a pretty amazing little package here and the odds are relatively decent we've got probably a couple thousand entries now but um, you know your odds are pretty good so email them in we'll have a word of the week here shortly the first question here is from uh, James he's saying he's heard us talk extensively about different ways to record a drum set but my question is about recording other instruments along with the kit I play Mm -hmm. guitar and my son plays drums, and I would like to start recording some of our jam sessions. I recently got a new Dell laptop, okay. and we'll be starting from scratch with recording equipment. Our music room is a spare bedroom, which has a, the drums, guitar, and amp all in it. So the question is, is it possible to get a decent recording of both instruments played at the same time? And if so, how would you guys recommend going about it? Totally possible. Yeah, Totally absolutely. possible. Um, there's a couple things you could do. Uh, one, find out if your... Um, if your guitar rig has a DI out on it, because you could just DI the direct um, input out the uh, the guitar, and then and then you don't have to worry about bleeding the drums into that mic. So if you get if you James have seen any of my social media with my band, I post our stuff all the time, and that's one overhead over my kit, another large diaphragm condenser in front of my kick, and then I mic my guitar player but i mic him with a sure sm57 it's an extremely directional microphone and my drums really don't bleed into it very much and then i di out the bass and we get a pretty decent mix so um so yeah it's totally possible and then if you want if you're going to mic your if instead of di out of your uh guitar rig if you're going to mic your guitar cab you can always build a little foam baffle around the microphone to protect it from the drums bleeding in or hang some blankets between that and the drums that totally would help but you're going to need to get an audio interface Um, of course yeah so i would say nothing's nothing smaller than a four channel Uh, you might want to hedge your bets and get an eight channel that way if you want to add additional drum mics eventually or a bass Just player get, comes over. Or a bass player, yeah. So an 8-channel USB or or uh, Thunderbolt. No, I guess it wouldn't be Thunderbolt. You have a Dell. So a, an 8-channel USB interface, there's plenty of great options. Focusrite is industry standard. PreSonus has Presonus. a great one. There's tons of them. And they're, uh, not, they're not astronomical anymore like they used to be. I mean, you're looking an 8-channel PreSonus... Um, interface is going to run you about 350 and i and they obviously can get astronomical after that but i'm saying yeah. worse you know just to get your stuff started you'd be fine um yeah. so i would do that and then you're gonna need some software so um what is it that you use to, it's pretty affordable <laughs> oh you mean the industry standard uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean the interface is going to come with probably a, yes a software as well you'll you'll get cubase or you'll get something but uh I, I use mixcraft and it's the reason i use it one it works and it takes vst plugins which are industry standard but the reason i use it is because it's visually simple for my students when i'm doing these camps they're not threatened by the look of uh, Studio One or or Pro Tools. So um, you have a Dell, get Mixcraft. Um, it's going to cost you like fifty bucks, and it'll never. It's never once crashed on me. So knock on wood. So you got your laptop. You need an eight channel interface. You need some software, either what's included or what Mike recommended. 
and you need some dynamic microphones. That's Boom. that should do it. Boom, Bob's just uncle. Hit, just hit record. It's not going to be super separated, but I don't think that's the point. If you're just jamming, you know, you're going to have some. Guitar It'll be more in the than enough mics. for you and your son to be stoked on it. Exactly, and that's what you want. All right, next one is coming in from M I C K E. Would that be Mickey? M I C K E. Yeah, he's from Sweden. I don't speak Swedish, unfortunately. It's uh, well, I would call him M Dizzle. M Dizzle. All right, M Dizzle. <laughs> Can that please be the word of the week? That's not even a word. No, I, I won't do that to LaShonda. Go ahead. All right. So he is a 47-year-old drummer from Sweden. Um, he says, I've been fortunate to have been playing drums as a living for more than 25 years. Awesome. These days I don't tour as much um, as I used to. I As I used to. Oh, gosh. He doesn't tour as much anymore. <laughs> These days, he's finding himself in situations where he has to do gigs, where he has to learn sometimes up to 50 songs for the gig. Oof. Most of the time, I write them out and then spend as much time as I can to get a feel for the music. Often, I just listen to the first minute of the song so I can go through them many times. Even though I am well prepared, I can go blank when I'm on stage, and I have to softly ask a band member for help. Mm. Uh, so do you have any suggestions for learning songs other than the way I just described? That's a tough one. I think you're suffering from what happens when people cram. And that's why when you take a test and you cram the night before, you're going to forget 80% of the content. If it's unavoidable, then you just have to write out more detailed charts, probably. Be as much more specific as you can about the patterns and and give yourself some sort of mental cue at the top, like in the, like, the sounds like something else that you can remember. Or, because most pop songs are, derivative of a Beatles song or something like that so you can think of what's something I know deep down that I will never forget and this sounds like whatever come together yeah. alright then I'll remember that that's kind of what it is that's that's about it and and I wouldn't be afraid uh, embarrassed just to say ask the bass player hey what's the what's the first what's the first line or something like that or sure. sing the beat to me I do that all the time yeah because I'm, I'm on jam sessions where I maybe heard a song 35 years ago and they're asking to play it. I'm like, just, you know, what is it? Just sing the beat. And then it all kind of comes back. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is, is you got to know yourself. You know, I, I know for me, there's two things that will screw me up every time. Do I start or do they start? So I have to know that that is always on my chart right away. The other thing is, are there any stops in this song? If so, I will take the time to say, you know, sixth bar of the second chorus, we stop for two bars going into the bridge. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. So stops are the only thing that really screw me. Everything else you can kind of play through. I'd never chart out fills. I couldn't care less about that stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll, I'll chart out like kick and snare pattern to start the group. So when I see my chart, it'll say 110 BPM, doom, cat, doom, cat, doom, cat. And I'm like, as soon as I sing that in my head, I'm like, oh, I, I know this one. Yeah. But if I just see the name, especially if it's a song, like you said, you know, it's like uh, we're doing a s- still suede blue. I'm like, wait, what is that blue suede? Wait, what? I don't even know what that is. And so it's like, but as soon as I hear the beat, I'm fine. So I think you just got to know yourself, find those things that keep screwing you up. You keep forgetting. And then those are the things you write down in your chart. Yep. Next. All right. So this one I don't have an answer for, but I think it's a, it's a good timing to bring this. This one's been around for like a year. So my apology, apologize to uh, Dave, but he's wondering if you guys could fill me in on the history of marching bands um, and what they are like in schools and colleges. 
So he says, Whoa. watching from the outside, it seems that everyone has monster chops and in the UK trying to find information on it beyond hybrid rudiments and uh, time signatures and subdivisions. So he says, I'm interested to hear what, where a beginner marching band player would start and how they would progress through the ranks. Mm. To answer the first part of the question, um, there actually is a pretty extensive Wikipedia entry on um, – history of of drumline so you can just check that out but just give you a synopsis i mean they started as a military it was a way to to organize troops and get them moving and then really what we think of a marching band started with in the u.s with football halftime shows that's kind of where they started but the contemporary scene the the drum corps style performance version of of marching band started in the 70s and that's that's probably what you're referring to with people having monster chops because the DCI drum corps are the best of the best drummers age you know 14 to 21 I mean these are the best drummers in in the United States and I would assume some people come in from other countries so of course they all have insane chops and the demands are are ridiculous it's mind-blowing and it is DCI season. I know you're in the UK, but maybe you can find some live streams of some of these shows. Mm. I've been to a few of them over the years, and it's it was life altering to hear a full brass band with a full drum line hit that those rhythms together in unison. It was it was like so powerful, so dumbfounding how clean they could be. Right. I think it and realizing that these are these are kids. These are kids. children. Yeah. <laughs> who are playing totally. so clean and so accurate. And with such intensity. So anyone in the U.S. this summer, go support DCI. Go to a show, even if you never want to. If you think the the uniforms are silly or whatever. Doesn't matter. You're a drum set player. Drum line's not for you. Trust me, you'll be amazed at the ability that these kids have. Yeah, they hold sticks and we, you know, it's, you just freak out. Yeah, Um, it's insane. So yeah, it it is pretty amazing. And, And I think the one thing that happens in the beginning marching band is you learn how important it is to have your stuff down because in a drum line if you're sloppy the line is sloppy yep yeah exactly it's 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 way different than doing your part in say a trio or a quartet where you're all doing different things with this stuff one note one flam it's it's over Um, yeah exactly and And so yeah the obsession to detail of technique i mean it you're not going to get that anywhere else than my times in college drum line and high school drum line 95% 95% of our time was spent on basic technique and making sure everyone had the same totally. same motions because you can't play together if you're, one guy's using molar strokes and one guy's using you know all wrist strokes. Yep. So that would be the benefit for sure is just the hyper attention to technique that I never yeah. would have done on my own. Um, so yeah, I would maybe find something. I don't know how old you are, but see if there's any drum cores in your area and, and go check them out first, but then... You know, try to get in one. It's a awesome. totally different experience. All right, next one is this one. I don't know that we have an answer for either, but let's try. So this comes from Tom. He got a GoPro Hero Five, the okay. black version. Yep. Um, great his, camera. The problem that he's having is he no matter what frame rate or settings I put it on, the video playback is super clippy and chunky. It seems to fall behind slightly, and it's not as smooth as other GoPro videos I've seen. Uh, especially mm. when posting to social media. So he's okay. wondering if we have any suggestions on the settings. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't think it would be a setting. I mean, the settings are pretty obvious. You can do um, 4K and you can stop it down to like 2800 um, <clears throat> and then eventually 1080p and all that. So, And all of those will work fine. There has to be a problem with your footage and then the rendering process. There's something going on in the codec between 
the footage and then you getting it online. So, Tom, we would need more information if you want. Honestly, Tom, you're more than welcome to just email Amber at Mike'sLessons.com and just say podcast question related to Mike. Send me your process and I will send you a recipe to make this right. I just need to know what software are you using to edit this video and then where are you sending it? Where are you uploading it? Uh, give me all the details. What kind of computer you have? Is it a laptop? Is it a desktop? Is it PC? Is it Mac? All that stuff, and I will come up with a recipe for you and help you out with your uh, with your codex and your uploading process. Dig it. Yeah. Boom. All right. all right. It's time for picks of the week. It's time for word of the week, and I don't have one. Like so I said, you get to have one. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see here. How about the word of the week is? Let me make sure I spell it right. Codec. Codec. C O D E C. Codec. C O D E C. All right, so email that over. What is Codec? It's a device or a program that compresses data to enable faster transmission and decompress received data. Because that came off the top of my head. (laughs) Don't even act like you looked at my eyes and you saw me reading it off of Google. (laughs) So, how do you spell it again? C O D E C. That's it. And All right. Good, codex, luck with, good luck with Siri getting that one right. <laughs> yeah. Codecs are important, man. If you get the wrong codec, you'll, you'll end up with little black bars on the end of your screen, or you will be choppy. Your frame rate will be choppy. Um, so, yeah, you, the preferred codec right now for everyone is H.264. So. All right. Cool. So email good. the word codec over to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. Uh, oh. You can put in the subject line podcast giveaway. And this is our fourth and final week for entries, so get them in now. You can go back and listen to the previous three episodes and find the word of the week from there and submit those as well. But this Love week it. it is Kodak, C-O-D-E-C. Next week we're going to be giving all this stuff away. So Boom. All right. Uh, I'm going to have you go first because my pick of the week is based off of your pick of the week. Oh, yeah? Yep. Like randomly or because you saw no, mine no, first? no, yeah, I saw yours and that <laughs> triggered mine. Um, and I was like, so I don't want to go first, and then you're like, what the hell, bro? Wait, Stole wait my a minute, we should have maybe I changed my pick of the week. <laughs> Isn't okay. it Yogi? Okay, good, good. So, my pick of the week, this actually, I used to have the original VHS of the Yogi Horton, I think it's called History of R&B Drumming or something like that, Man. or it's just called R&B Drumming. Yeah. It was one of the first, if not the first, of the uh, DCI drum videos. It was filmed at Drummers Collective, and unfortunately, I think the quality is just not good enough for them to ever re-release it. I still think they should anyway. So it's Yogi Horton. Um, if you're not familiar with Yogi, he was the man on the R&B slash New York dance scene, and he was a session drummer, did hundreds of records, played with Luther Vandross, and... He's on a David Byrne soundtrack for the movie Catherine Wheel that is amazing. The drumming wow. is insane. Actually, one of my YouTube play-along videos was to his beat because it was just so, so heavy. So anyway, his video um, is on YouTube. Hopefully, it'll still exist. You can just search for it, Yogi Horton, it R&B drumming. Yep. Um, it's insane. He goes through the whole history of how different dance moves kind of affected the grooves that guys are playing, going from quarter notes to eighth notes to... The, evolving into the disco feel so it really kind of puts in perspective like that the drumming the grooves were created to make people move a certain way mm. and just to hear this guy play is a powerhouse uh, yeah. my buddy Butch Jones he's actually my recording mentor he worked with Yogi in the studio hundreds of times back in the day and really? he said after every every track the snare drum head would be like an ashtray 
like he was just diveting out monsters. <laughs> you know, he's a he, muscular dude. I was say he's a fit dude. Yeah, he's a muscular dude. I'm sure he has no trouble doing ten push-ups when he drops a stick. No, no. <laughs> one-handed. But yeah, I mean, check out that video because it's he's got an intensity and, and a pocket and just a it's it's who I wish I could sound like. It, it's, it's a cool really you know it's a cool history lesson while you're getting a drum lesson. And yeah, exactly. It, you think like because you're going to open the video and you're going to see it's the anti YouTube thing because you're going to see 57 minutes and 55 seconds and you're going to go <laughs> screw that. <laughs> Just click play. I promise. All of a sudden it'll be like, wait, how did an hour go by? Um, yeah. Because it'll only take you a few seconds to adjust to the quality. I mean, you can, it's almost like you can feel the VHS tape just choking in the, yeah, in the machine. Yeah. But but it it's it's awesome. And man, what a what a great clinician. He explains things so clearly with such a great sense of history and so much uh, just care for the history of what he does. Um, yep. It's really cool. It reminds me of just. You know what Steve Smith does a lot of times with jazz, where he just really knows his stuff, and Yogi knows his stuff. He's a phenomenal player, and uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. You just when he does things, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah. I thought I thought Travis Barker made that up, <laughs> but I guess that was in every Motown song ever. You know, um, did you really see cool. what snare drum he's using? I'm pretty sure it's one of those uh, Holy Grail six amp by fourteen acrylates that. There were only a couple hundred in existence, a oh. couple thousand maybe. Man. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. that's what it is. I'm, I'm so clicking that's... around trying to get a good shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. definitely not a five and a half. No, and I just noticed that recently. Like, oh, there's that snare sound. Oh. So I've been chasing after this guy subliminally ever since I saw this video probably 15 years ago. It's like I want you know to be that guy. I would love to do is find out the date of this video and find out who on camera folded their gaff tape before him because i'm wondering why did i ever start folding my gaff tape it had to have come from somewhere oh to put the little like little whatever you call that little little ruffle in it yeah Yeah. and he's got two of them folded on his snare and it's like i'm wondering if this came from my early days of watching dci videos because i've done that forever yeah but you know i couldn't have just thought to myself oh let me put a ridge in my gaff (laughs) so i must have stole it from something so uh, i wonder if there's anybody doing it before this but yeah definitely check that out um, it's fantastic, and it's literally just called Yogi Horton Drum Lesson Funk slash R and B, uh, and it's a it's a dang shame that's got two hundred sixty eight thousand views. It should yeah, have it's a, it's a gem, views. and it's unfortunately he he passed away at a very young age. He was, I think he was only thirty three. Really, but he left a lot of legacy. You can just tons of tons of records. I would recommend actually the David Byrne Catherine Wheel soundtrack, just the first track if you can mm-hmm. find it. The groove on that is relentless. It's unbelievable. Nice. All right, what's your pick? um, My pick is just from when you sent that link to me, I started poking around YouTube like you do, wasting time, and I just found one. It's just Yogi Horton solo. And I thought, oh, let me hear him play a solo. And it's in a concert, and it's it's recorded really well for the time. I mean, it's in, you know, four by three format, but it's still recorded really well. Um, And everything that the crowd reacts to, you guys as drummers will be like, whatever. Everything that the crowd doesn't care about, you guys as drummers will be like, holy hell, that guy's a bad man, Jamma. <laughs> like, he's playing little, little hi-hat diddle things that are, I mean, man, they're, they're not Steve Gadd ripoffs. They, he's got his own thing going. And yeah. it's 
cool. And like I said, the crowd like is silent for that part. And then he goes, boogada, 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 and they all lose their mind. <laughs> and then he goes, havra, 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 havra. and you know, so it's really, it's, it's cool. Cause it, it is a concert drum solo. It's literally just called Yogi Horton solo. Um, I think I dig it. it looks like Kip Rufel or keep Kip Rufel uploaded it anyways. Um, it's a fantastic solo. It's really musical. And it reminded me of the time when in concerts, people had drum solos. Yeah. And extended ones. Yeah. You could, you could divide everyone into two groups. Are you the person that goes to the bathroom during the drum solo? Or are you the person that goes to the bathroom because you think the drum solo is coming up and you don't want to miss it? I only <laughs> hang out with the second group. <laughs> Like, you know, I actually love it when that loud concert guy that the whole entire concert is yelling like, legend, like finally leaves for the drum solo. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) drunk guy, go get out of my way. You're in front of me. You're hammered. Now I get to see the drum solo. So uh, I, you know, this was at a time when people had drum solos in concerts and you had to play to the crowd. And he does that, but he sneaks in his things that the drum nerds of us will love. So check that out. Oh, well, there we go. It's a Yogi Horton day. Nice. Well, God All bless right. it. All right. So we Kodak. got our pick of the week is Kodak. No, that's our word of the week is Kodak. <laughs> Email at indieinfo <laughs> at moderndrummer.com. Next week, we're probably going to end up doing just an all-listener question, 100th yeah, episode giveaway. celebration, giveaways. Love it. You know, pass the green tea around, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, there were people online that thought that what we uploaded in our podcast with the little, um, oh, yeah, they, they thought that was the edit. It. Yeah, uh, like well, they thought yeah, and like because somebody's like, dude, you've done way worse than that. I'm like, you didn't hear the next five minutes. <laughs> you didn't hear that when when you hear a record scratch, that's because Mike had to take a bunch out. Uh, so I think oh, we did man. good this time. Yeah, I was sem- somewhat self conscious, but there was no double entendre that I'm aware of so. or triple. <laughs> it was great, man. No, we were good. All right, buddy, we'll have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Later.